On the night Stephen Jameson became a vampire, he was lurking inside a dark corner of Church Street Station, desperately seeking someone to rob. Even though it was a Saturday night in July, it might as well have been a Monday or a Wednesday as far as Stephen was concerned. Other 25-year-olds might spend their Saturdays and Sundays grilling burgers or drinking beer on the beach. But Stephen spent his getting the money he needed to find his arm. It was his unfortunate truth that junkies don't get weekends off. Thirty years ago, the shops and restaurants of Church Street Station were a major Orlando tourist attraction. But the arrival of newer venues such as Downtown Disney and City Walk had rendered them unfashionable and low-rent. The only tourists who came there today were those who either didn't have enough cash for the finer spots or didn't know any better. The place was decrepit. The current owners did little in the way of providing security, and the police had better things to do. This made it the ideal place for Stephen to find a victim. It had been eight hours since Stephen's last fix, and beads of cold sweat that had nothing to do with the heat or humidity were just beginning to dot his brow. His pale skin clashed with his dirty, disheveled, jet-black hair that clung to his bony shoulders. He felt no pain just yet, but knew that he would soon find himself deep in the throes of withdrawals, a condition that must be avoided at all costs. It didn't take long for Stephen to find what he was looking for. Across the street, a middle-aged couple stood arguing outside a tavern that looked like its last renovation had occurred sometime during the first Bush administration. The man was short, bald, and morbidly obese. He wore khaki shorts, Jesus sandals, and a gaudy red and white Hawaiian shirt. The unlit cigar in his mouth was so long and thick that Freud could have written about it for years. His wife was a tall, thin woman who wore a white sundress that clashed with the blaring sunburn that covered her from head to toe. The two of them were Jack Spratt and his wife, only in reverse. The couple stood in front of the tavern, arguing in an accent that came straight out of New Jersey, or somewhere just as deplorable. Don't blame me, Ralph, the woman whined. This place is your fault. It's always your fault. Watching them, Stephen got the idea that even if a mad suicide bomber appeared out of nowhere and blew everyone in the place to hell and back, the woman's last thought would be that it, somehow it had been Ralph's fault. We get two weeks out of the year to take a vacation, she complained. Two weeks, that's all. And you make the brilliant decision to bring us to this dump. I want to go to Disney, Ralph. Take me to Disney. The look Ralph gave his wife suggested what he wanted to do more than anything was drive her to Lake Jessup and feed her to the alligators. But he said nothing. Ralph looked like the long-suffering type, if nothing else, and Stephen supposed the poor bastard had figured out a long time ago that married life would be much more tolerable if he simply held his tongue. Stephen continued to watch them, and soon things started to look up. Ralph lifted his shirt to scratch his considerable gut, and when he did, a bulging money belt came into view. Stephen's eyes locked onto it like heat-seeking missiles, and he reached into his pocket to make sure the switchblade he carried for just such occasions was there. 
He took out the knife and was just getting ready to pounce when he caught sight of a much more promising prize. It was Mandy Peterson. Mandy wasn't exactly someone that Stephen would call a friend, but he did hang out with her from time to time, when it was beneficial. A couple weeks ago, she had shown up at the abandoned house he called home, dope sick as hell, and hurting bad. Stephen had split a shot with her, but not out of any sense of pity, benevolence, or all-around goodwill. Such concepts are absent from the junkie world. The real reason Stephen had shared his dope with Mandy, the only reason, was because she had agreed to give him head before she shot up. Junkie or not, Mandy could suck a mean dick, and she had performed this particular blowjob with a relentless fervor, knowing that once she'd finished, she would get her own reward. One that came from a dirty needle instead of a cock. 